made sure that you could hear my friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in The Four Keeps Exodus Part 9, the finale of our current arc. Uh, today is August 12th, 2019, and you are loved. It's a very important thing to remember each and every day, even when we aren't streaming. You are still loved, and that's an important thing to remember. Other important things to remember, we do this show Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we also try and do a Saturday stream. Last Saturday, I ended up building a Gundam model because it was fun, and I had it laying around, and the, the friend I had who gave it to me ended up watching the stream and really liked it. So, if you guys want to see more uh, build streams like that, let me know. It was my first time doing it, but uh, I had fun, so that was an important thing for me. Uh, other, including more important things to remember, our dear friend LB Hackamup is gone this week because she is out of the country, which makes sense, having a vacation from her Gen Con vacation. So we, we miss you, LB, uh, and I will do my best to be Gwen in your stead. Um, other things, we have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash indooradventures where you can go and help support the show. We do an after show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from you guys, but also from each other. It's really fun. I like doing it. Uh, but if Patreon's not exactly your, uh, your speed in terms of wanting to show support, hey, we also have adventure merch. If you go to bit.ly slash adventure merch, you can pick yourself up a mug, a poster. We got a Cory poster. We got a Arjan poster. We got t-shirts, we got crop tops, we got all sorts of stuff. I'm trying to work out on how to actually get proper pants on there. Who knew that designing pants would actually be hard? Uh, so, that is it for my general spiel. Uh, Cyber, I believe you have a birthday gift. An early birth. Yeah, someone sent me anthrax in the mail. I was told to open this on stream. Yay! This way we get your death recorded. To yep. prove that it was none of us, because we all have an alibi. You've I'm never sure. seen the sender and me in the same room now, have you? <laughs> <sighs> Don't mind the knife that I keep very close to me at all times. It's for blood hunter things. It is 100% for blood hunter things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the package said that this was from Level Up Dice of, uh, well, I know the only time I saw Level Up Dice was number one at Gen Con and number two on Acquisitions Incorporated, the C team. It's even got a little, little Level Up Dice yeah. band. We decided to go and do the gothiest thing we could for our gothiest friend. Oh my friend. gosh, it's obsidian. Yes. And it even comes with a little necklace thingy. It does? Yeah. <clears throat> it oh, should. Oh, all the, all the little numbers are like raised up. It's like black on black, but like all the numbers are like raised. Yeah. It's so, it's so goth. I love it. Oh my gosh. That was a nine. <laughs> Starting on off brand. strong. On brand. All right. So, 
Thank y'all. Yeah, no problem. Happy early birth. Happy early birth. It's a good well, happy time. Happy birth, but like, you know, before your birth. It's a little jewel. Yeah. It's a good time. So we all took turns licking it, so now you have to keep RJ, who are you playing tonight? Hey everybody, I'm RJ. And I'm playing Caleb, the Shatterkai Cleric. Excellent. And uh Cyber, who are you playing? I am Cyber. I play Arjan, the Dragonborn Blood Hunter. Alright. And I'm Wings, it. I'm playing Coriander, the Elegant Paladin. Excellent, and I am the indoor adventurer, and tonight I shall be your dungeon master. So, last we left off. It has been a few weeks since we played, uh, but luckily that is why we do these recaps, not just for you guys, but also for ourselves. Last we left off, you guys had managed to regrow Calum's leg with the help of a Furbolg farmer? Druid man by the name of Goober. So Calum now has a very green plant leg uh, growing out of the stump that was previously a leg made of a very dark crystal uh, that had actually been created by Dendar, the Nightmare Serpent. Now, Arjan and Calum had gone deeper into the forest to recover all of Arjan's goods after he had uh, turned into Tarlayan after yet another untimely death. And in the process of doing so, let, met a spirit by the name of Lady Ashwood, who not only returned to Arjan all of his things and promised you all safe passage out of the woods, but also let you in on what had happened in the woods. As there had been a man with raven black hair in a medicine cart that had come through and seemed to be communing in some way, shape, or form with this, uh, with this seed of chaos. Then, after you all had reconvened and met back up, you decided that it was time to head out. Uh, you made plans to then go and visit Gwen's Goliath family, and as you were leaving, Calum decided that he was going to do one last nice thing for Crad, the Darkling Elder that ran Ravenblight's revelries inside of the Hollow Lock ruins, and you put Sunshine in a bottle for him. Uh, which is a an incredible thing to do for creatures who literally age and die in the presence of natural sunlight. As you all met up once again, you decided that you were going to head out from town. Uh, and in the process, you also found out that uh, Tarlayan Yodaris, Arjan's ancient black dragonborn patron, was no longer residing in the chambers of Arjan's heart. And we are going to pick up with Arjan looking down and realizing that this deep magenta glow has overtaken the greenish color on his chest scars. Fuck. What is it, dude? And Gwen's just at the reins, kind of leading you guys out. I don't think it's anything new. But it's definitely Dinda. Where? What? No, but like, we killed him. You did not kill God. Keep saying it all you want, but he's not here anymore. <laughs> 
That's that's right. I thought we'd at least got rid of him. Uh, and I'll like, like one hand lift up the uh, the scavenger shirt that I got, and I'm hoping it shows off the uh, the scars. Yeah, there is still a faint glow uh, at the base of his scar pattern that. As you guys have seen, has grown, uh, has glown this kind of sickly greenish yellow color. Uh, is now this deep, vibrant purplish red. Can I make an Arcana or Medicine check on this? Yes, you can. Uh, make a Medicine check. This makes uh, sense. I didn't think <clears throat> that Denzel affect you. Sorry. Okay. So with your 12, you see that there is a scar that you actually had not seen before, one that was not initially carved into Arjan, uh, but this seems to be a much fresher one. And looking down, you see that right where it says death becomes the gate, over the, uh, over the symbol for gate, there is a vertical scar where it looks like a blade actually sunk in. And Calum, you had actually been part of the process to heal over that wound. But it looks like it is that line is glowing with the phrase gate in that same kind of deep magenta color. Uh, might have to look into this a bit more, but how are you feeling? Like I died. That's um, a fair response. I... Sounded like I lost part of me. We will figure this out, Arjun. I know we will. I hope we will. Have I divine sensed him since this started happening? Yes, you have. He still I, I, he still feels fiendish. It's been a few I'd weeks. I'd be surprised if I hadn't. Yeah. Uh, and as your guys' cart continues to roll forward and uh, you are kind of figuring out how best to approach this current situation, uh, it is roughly midday. At this point, you are still deep within the woods. You have been given protection twice over, one from your Dulahan friend, uh, as well as, again, from the Lady of the Ashwood, promising that nothing would assail you or, or come to your harm while you passed through these woods. And as you continue on your cart ride, Old Bess leading the way, the forest around you seems to begin getting very thick with fog. Uh, it seems like it is rolling in at a very quick pace and as it does you feel like the entire world around you just sort of gets absorbed by this very heavy fog and mist until you can only really see the road in front of you and it's coming on very quick now and it feels very cold and the moisture is very heavy as well shit turn back i can't go to barovia not again <laughs> I was going to ask if this is a natural phenomenon that occurs here, or is this some undead spooky shit? 
Arjan, you are you do not believe that there is any kind of supernatural fog that is consistent in these woods. If there is, it's usually some kind of weird, spooky, undead shit. But seeing as how you guys had just been promised that you would be unassailed, it seems very unlikely that it would be that. And as you kind of get a general feel for it as well, it seems like... Like when you would go mountain climbing and go up to a certain point where the clouds are rolling across the actual mountain itself, it seems more closer to that. And as you make this realization as well, there is a kind of rumbling sound of what seems like a very large thing coming to a stop. And then you hear the sound of a door opening and shut. And then through the fog, you see that there is a humanoid wearing very nice blue clothing. Uh, they have their hands behind their backs and they seem almost to look like a, almost like a valet of sorts. Caleb. I was about to ask, do I recognize this person? Uh, make a history check. Uh, yes, you do recognize seeing this individual before. You had seen them working inside of a cabinet the last time that you had met them. Uh, it was while you were working for things that make you say wow, and you had been in the Cloud Giant's Keep. Oh, oh damn. Oh. I turned... Hi there, Traveler. I'm Coriander, the Lower Kaelin of the Fallen Leaves. May look you up and down. I am Augustus and they bow towards you and you see that their skin is actually a very rich sapphire blue color and as you kind of look at them their body has this almost unnatural sheen onto their features that seem almost like they were more sculpted than they were actually like birthed into regular existence their hair is kind of quaffed back uh, and you can see that it is just growing small gems in a hair like pattern I am here to look for Lady Gwen, Stompfoot, uh, and Gwen just, um, speaking, what's up? And he pulls, Augustus reaches around uh, from his back and pulls out a letter that looks like it has, uh, it's made on very fine stationery. It seems like there is a wax seal over it that is the same lightish blue color as the robes that Augustus wears. And as he walks over, he says, my lord is calling in his debt, it would seem. Well, yeah, but he said that he would send a letter first so that way I'm not inconveni inconveniencing my friends or anything. And he says, uh, yes, that would be this your lady and she opens it up Dude, this isn't a fucking letter this says it's a summons yes uh he would like to let you know that you are needed uh most immediately it would seem that you are part of a last minute choice for a corsage that my lord plans on wearing to tonight's gala so i'm going to need you to come with me she just uh, uh, uh cory caleb just looks up at the at the two of you guys put two hands on her shoulders. Don't eat anything weird. 
and I guess no is a viable answer. For the love of God, don't make any more deals. Uh, Arjan? These guys are being really unhelpful, man. I'm afraid. What's my read on this guy? Your read is that he is regrettably here. He doesn't want to be doing this job any more than any any more than he does want to be picking up halflings in the middle of the day. Do was I told about Gwen's arrangement? Yes. I mean, you did make this deal. Uh... We'll, we'll be fine so long as they do send you back to us, right? That is part of the deal, yes. That we will return this individual after the gala is over. In one piece, unharmed. That was not part of the initial deal, so I would not be able to negotiate those terms. However, I'm sure that your friend here would be able to work something out. Now, come along. And he extends his hand out to Gwen. And Gwen just, I'm not taking your fucking hand, dude. And she just sort of like crosses her arms and looks back at the lot of you. And for a moment, it looks like she's about to call Cybra. And then she thinks way better of it and just continues off. And, she, and you hear her berating this guy as the two of them walk off into the clouds. Just, you better bring me fucking back or I swear to God, I'll cut your legs off. I'll do it. I'm crazy. And he just, I'm sure you are, Lady Gwen. I'm sure you are. And the two of them walk off into the clouds. And you hear the of a door shutting. And then the ground rumbles for a brief second and then pops up. Or, and then uh, you hear something lifting very heavily off of the ground. And then as five or ten minutes go by... All of the clouds that had seemed to have rolled in around you all dissipate, leaving the three of you and Syrah now in the middle of the woods on your way out. I really hope that goes well. My list of things to slay is getting a bit long. <clears throat> Are we at that level where we can kill a cloud giant? I don't know. That's awfully meta-knowledge for someone like me. I meant level as in skill capacity, not like actual character level. Arjan, are you okay? No. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> Alright, so who is going to be driving the cart since Gwen was actually your driver? Oh, shit. Caleb? Alright, make... Uh, at this point, you guys have been around Old Best long enough that it... If anything, it's more like, okay, you have eaten at this grass patch for long enough. It's time to go. And she, again, just sort of begrudgingly follows your follows your command. And you guys continue on into the woods. Is there anything that you guys would like to talk about as you make your... As you make the start of your 15-day journey? Um... Arjun, I'm going to need to withdraw 25 gold. Yeah, go ahead. It's 
I need a calculator. I can't do simple subtraction. But with D&D Beyond... It's in my notes section. It's not going to help me. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and Corey, what spells did you prep for the day? Oh, dang. Uh, why, why do you ask? Because That's... I know that yesterday you had been wanting to use your summon steed to return a letter from your dad, but you said uh... that you had not prepped it and that you would the following day. Since that was two weeks ago, I figured that I would ask to see if that was still the case. Maybe I ought to prep my spells for the day. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Summon Steed for today. Um, uh, let's drop Thunder Smite. I've not been using it. So yes, I will. I will do my summon seat, summon steed, and uh, send some letter type stuff to my dad. Have I gotten any response from Tar or not Tarlan, not Arjan? Uh, Rask. <laughs> uh, you have not yet. I have not. Is he stonewalling me? <clears throat> Who? No, nobody. Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Anyway, I'm stumbling, stumbling Ambleforth now. God, I'm summoning Ambleforth now. Okay. Uh, and when you summon Ambleforth uh, forward from the Feywild where he was, you see that the messenger bag to his side has once again been stuffed with all sorts of goodies. Uh, you gain five days worth of rations from just snacks, uh, different confectionaries and cookies and things like that, as your dad has really just kind of stuffed as many of them inside of this satchel as he could. Uh, and you also see uh, that included in this uh, is a small package. And when you open it up, this kind of tiny box-like container, uh, you see that it is a it is a compass. And looking at it, and uh, on there is a tag attached to it that just says "Thanks for the puzzle" uh, with a little heart from your dad. Uh, and as you look at it, uh, where is the hags? Uh, astrolobe kind of compass seem to be very difficult to read with two different turning uh, mechanisms. This seems to be a much more simplified version. What you can see is that there is a uh, instead of it being a uh, north, west, east, south uh, kind of compass, it instead has a singular arrow going straight up that has a small box, uh, and that box is designed to look like a small house. And where the base of the house would be, there is a circular pattern uh, on the inside that is uh, reminiscent of the phases of the moon. And you see that currently, uh, it looks like the house is in a, uh, or sorry, yeah, the house would be in a quarter moon. Kaylin, look at this. <clears throat> so, if this is supposed to locate whatever this is supposed to be, and these are the phases of the moon, why is it pointing to quarter moon when we just had a full? 
I don't know. It Ar Arjan? <laughs> your dad send instructions or would would I know anything about this? Uh, maybe the first time around when it was still a hag's item, but then Corey's dad got a hold of it and made it something more his own. I'm gonna hand the reins over to Arjan, sit in the back, and start ritual casting Identify. Ah. Hey, can... is it possible to, like, move the little dial? Or does it resist? Uh, it seems like it resists it. But not by some sort of mechanical means, it's almost like a magnetism. Uh, where, like, as you push it, it does move a little bit, but then just wants to be in a certain, uh, in a certain spot. Curious. <clears throat> Can I move the house? Like, click it into another place? It does not seem to move as well. Cool. Identify. Okay. Uh, so I will send you the, uh, rulings on this later, uh, but basically what this is is that it is a compass to the manor of moon's tear uh it is keyed to this traveling manor and the location of the moon that it is showing uh is representative of a location that it was last seen at or last decided to reside in it seems like they're, uh, from kind of your identify spell as well as the inlaid magics on it, uh, it seems like there are different locations that this house seems to frequent, and each one of those locations is uh, correlative to a phase that the moon is in. I'll relay this information to the party. So this compass will basically give us its last known location so if we ever feel like camping out for a month does it tell you where it was during like where was it where was it last well it just gives me a direction I don't have a specific hmm alright well if we somehow find a location that it was and would possibly return to, then perhaps one of these days the stars will align, as it were, and we'll find ourselves there. You know who might have also known? As we're driving along. Granny Knuckle Knees, but we're not going there. No, we are not. No, no we're not. All right, and would you guys like to have any other conversation as you continue down this path? All right. Nothing in particular. Um, out of character, where? What is our direction? What is? Where are we going at the moment? Just to, just to refresh. You guys, we're here. Yes. And you are going northwest, I believe is where Gwen's tribe of Goliaths is. Uh -huh. And then Sir Tellier is to the north from there. All right. So we're going to visit um, Gwen's tribe and then go to Sir Tellier. Yes. Sir Tellier. Um, and then after that, 
And then, uh, your, you know that your, uh, your raven necklace that you had obtained, uh, yes. is pointing more towards Greenreach area. And then you had yes. also been planning on going all the way to the great northwest up here, uh, to the Rookery of Bone. Rookery of Bones. Yeah, I think we should stop at either Greenreach or Sir Chelier stock up on heavy weather supplies if we're going to go that far north. Alright. Well, we do have some winter clothes. But it would not be a bad idea to get some heavier stuff to put on top of that. Probably something waterproof. Alright. So as you guys uh, finish up these conversations and, again, kind of just make idle chatter throughout the day, uh, it eventually turns into nightfall. You are still in these woods. What is the watch order? As you guys prepare for rest. I'm going to take a long rest, so maybe I'll go either last or first. Okay. Yeah. I'll be taking a long rest as well, so... I'll be sleeping. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I will. Well, I'll be taking a, a a long rest. So, um, I'll take the first watch. Okay. And uh, so, Calum has uh just begun to lay down. Corey, you are beginning to stand vigilant. And Arjan, Arjan, you are feeling so tired. You died yesterday. It was a rough time. Your patron's gone. And as you lay down and finally hit that comfy spot, you get a message uh, that is actually sent to you through your brain place. And it says, can you tell them not to kill me immediately this time around? It would be incredibly inconvenient and raise more questions than either of us would like to answer, I'm sure. Can I respond to this? Yes. What do you mean? Uh, and uh, the message says, uh, to die in a dream is one thing, but I've traveled a little bit of a distance uh, on, well, our personal business. If I was to die on this plane, Lord Agravain might wonder why I have been reduced back down to a Lemure. Am, am I at a point where, like, am I asleep getting this message, or am I still... This was you had just gotten comfy. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I might have company coming. Like, Bloodhunter company? No. Uh, Infernal company don't kill them immediately preferably at all okay got it and as the two of you kind of agree 
Uh, there is a rustling in the bushes, and you see Cybra's ears kind of tilt back a little bit. Her hackles, the hackles on the back of her neck end up standing up, and she just begins to do a very low growl. And coming through the coming through the brush, maybe about 50 yards away from where you are, you see that there is this black dragon-like creature. Corey, you actually remember this creature very vividly from your experience while within Arjan's heart. Uh, and you see that this creature has these small little spectacles on in the bridge of its nose that it kind of pops up and look towards looks towards you and seems to actually give you a lot more of an intense like squint of recognition and then scans Calum and looks around is the blonde one not here as well she's away at the moment what's this about this might be um, for the best then also uh, Calum, Corey, this is new. Your grace's humble servant. Do we bow back? No. And so. Newell uh, interlaces uh, their claw fingers in front of them and says, it is about the contract, your grace. Uh, it would appear that uh, the Lord and Lady of the Fourth are agreeable to the terms that they have set forth and would like to meet with you uh, in regards to payment. And it is best that we do not keep them waiting. The payment? Yes. Oh. For constructing the vessel that is to house my lord. Right, this is a really bad time considering he's not here at the moment. I'm sorry. Talayan's not here. Where has my lord gone to? You know, I had asked you for help in this matter already. Hmm. While we find him, I do believe it would be best if we still went to this meeting, as I don't believe that the, as far as they are aware, the contract necessarily involves him to be here to start. This is a meeting we were already not supposed to be having. If you would like, I can spend time to look for my liege. As you say, Your Grace. Um, this meeting, it's uh, down below. Yes. The meeting will be held in the city Abramok uh, on the 
fourth layer of the nine hells. You will be meeting with the current family heads of the stone mantle branch of the family belonging to the Archdevil Belial. It's best not to keep them waiting. I, we're, I'm we're, on a, we're in the middle of traveling at the moment. Is there, is there a way that we can make the sure this, det this detour is worth our while? Oh, I'm, I'm sure it would be, Your Grace. Uh, now, as, as far as uh, your cart and horse and, and your... What is that? This is a wolf. My name's Kalen. Not you. A wolf. Oh. I did bring a, a means of protecting them, should any ne'er-do-wells attempt to rifle through your cart. Uh, possibly meta question. Would I know about trips to the hells, like possibly affecting people of, you know, a divine Make background? a... Make an arcana check. Bloodhunter bullshit. I'll give you Bloodhunter bullshit. This is Fane's. Natural 20. Okay, yeah, you would definitely know that your good aligned friends, uh, as well as anybody who is considered to be good aligned, uh, if they spend more than a day within the hells, they would have to then make a check to determine whether or not they steadily begin becoming corrupted by just being there. This will take less than a day, right? I should hope so, Your Grace. Can we guarantee that? I would not be the one to be able to guarantee this. As I do not know what the Stone Mantle family wishes in terms for the exchange of the construct. Corey, Caleb. Would you want to go with me to the hells? Well, we're not letting you go alone. I, I figured. Yes, want has little to do with it. Okay, regardless of whether or not all stuff is done, can you get them back out of the hells before before days pass? I will do my best, your liege. Then let's go. And uh, at that, you see Newell rifle through a uh, rifle through their satchel, and you see them pull out a mechanical-looking bird. But it seems like the metal that is used is this very deep green, almost blackish color that you see Mule goes over in front of Old Bess and pops the bird once on top of the head and you see its eyes kind of glow this very bright green. And then it goes over to Cybra 
does the same thing and then sets onto uh, the back of the the back of the cart and it says test offensive and you see this mechanical bird's beak open and a eight inch blade juts out from it and then steadily retracts oh and i'll reach into my bag and pull out the cat i need this bag and uh newell looks at that and says was not mine And uh, at that, Newell steps away from the cart and then uh, ushers the three of you over. And then inside of, uh, inside of their bag, begins to pull out a, a plethora of different uh, arcane components. They seem to kind of be sprinkling them around in a circle around the four of you. And then uh, after kind of setting up this more, well... Mm, hellish arcane sigildry on the ground you see eventually they then reach into another bag and with this same kind of greenish black fork uh, actually flicks it with one of their nails and a ringing begins to emanate from it and that ringing then seems to encompass the sound of the woods until the three of you begin to feel warm you begin to feel very hot as the world around you around you begins to shift and turn in its color going from these deep lush greens to a very deep black that then has what looks to be fires off in the distance and you begin to hear laughter you begin to hear carts you begin to hear the sounds of a town uh and as your vision kind of realigns after this brief stint through planar travel you find yourself in the middle of a city with with buildings and towers that seem to stretch up very precariously and the laughter that you hear is actually from a plethora of tieflings and devils some humans there are even some elves that seem to just be frequenting this place and as you look around you see that it is abundant in all forms of uh carnal pleasures as well as abundant in also any kind of material pleasures it seems like this city is designed specifically to just be hell vegas to put it lightly but more like designed by tim burton uh and as uh the three of you are kind of taking this all in newell who puts a cloak up over his head uh says this way this way uh, and kind of leads you through this city. And as you go, you see that there are... It is rife with all sorts of ne'er-do-wells. There seems to be even a public slave auction that's going on. It's just... It's not a good time until eventually uh, this figure, Newell, opens up a door and then motions for the three of you to then come inside. And as you get out of being in just the general streets of, uh, uh, what is it, uh, of Abramok, you eventually uh, are in a small waiting room, and Newell says, I will see to it that they are ready to greet you. I, uh, I shan't be but a moment. And then they open up a door, 
go inside and kind of leave the three of you in this waiting room. So what had happened was... Uh-huh. Uh... That's new. Uh, apparently y'all, you have met him before. Oh, I recall. Have you? Have we? Um, well, I have. I killed them. At some yes. point. You iced him. In your heart. Or body. I think we were somewhere in your lower. We, we were in his heart. Yeah. Um, yes. No, I... All I know is that I saw a fiend, and it wasn't Arjan, so I did what I thought was the right thing to do. Ah, uh, well, I didn't know they were there to help. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've all gone in, guns, guns blazing. I mean, crossbows blazing. Uh, they uh they uh, were a servant of Tarlayans and uh they very much still want to be a servant of Tarlayans it's just apparently uh Tiamat found another consort while Tarlane's been with me. Hmm. I can't imagine Tarlane's happy with that. He's not, and neither is Mule. And apparently neither is Tiamat. That she has a new consort? That it's not Tarlane. Ah. Uh, this is not what I thought I'd be talking about today. But, uh, why we're here right now is because, uh, Newell arranged, uh, for a way that Charlie can be freed from me and go back to Tiamat. And that involves this person that we're meeting. I see. Sounds almost too good to be true. How exactly will that occur? Uh, apparently they are going to build a body. And, uh, or a vessel that Charlie could be put in. That just sounds like they're doing the same thing again. Weren't you a built vessel for him? I guess. I don't think... I don't think this one is, uh... A as person? I, I don't think it's a person. He, okay. He said it was the same thing as this, and I pull out Frankie. <laughs> So, some sort of construct. Yeah. The logistics behind that is like... Astronomical. Because you have to proportionally make an 
ancient adults? Ancient. Ancient sized dragon creature. Why don't they just stuff Carlene in the cat? <laughs> I like this idea. Let's do that. Uh, well, I think Charlene did have some say in what was going on. Um... Well, he's been awful quiet now lately, hasn't he? Yeah. I think that he'll be happy with what he gets. And as you say that, uh, you hear the door opens back up, uh, and Newell is standing before you once again and says, uh, the family is ready to meet you all. Mm. This way. Excuse me, Newell? Yes. I would like to preface this meeting with, I have the condition where I laugh at inappropriate times. It's <laughs> So if something were to happen that doesn't seem appropriate. I'm sure you'll fit right in. Great. And uh, with that, this way, he motions for the door to open again. And as you guys enter inside, you see that it is a 40 foot long room that's about 20, 25 feet wide with a long table that stretches along the inside. Uh, and you can see that there at the other end of this table uh, standing is a redskin tiefling, hair kind of slicked back with a low ponytail, uh, dressed, uh, and you can see that there's a streak of white that's through his hair as well. He has his hands kind of to his back, uh, and he just seems to be casually speaking uh, with another redskin tiefling. This one with shock white hair, uh, also red skin, her eyes silver, the other tiefling's eyes gold, uh, also wearing these very fine clothes. And as you see the two of them, you also see that set in a corner uh, into an alcove of this room, uh, just kind of amassed with all of the other shelves and things that are in this generalized meeting room. You also see that there is what looks to be a tiefling skull uh, that is set up on this alcove. Uh, and you can see that there is one golden eye and the other eye is a almost ruby-like gem that has been pl uh, placed over its eye as well. And you spot that there are six crystalline teeth that are on this skull. Uh, and it just sort of seems to rest on a shelf. I don't know what this is. Make an arcana check using Bloodhunter bullshit. Divine sense. I already know what this is as a player. Same. Eight. And I don't think Arjan knows. He does not. And Corey, you said that you did divine sense? Yeah. Doesn't seem to be doesn't actually seem to give off any kind of uh, any kind of fey fiend or undead. Nothing off of the skull, but everything else is fiend, 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 fiend. Oh, for fucking sure. And uh, the two of these tieflings end up seeing the three of you enter with Newell. And uh, one of them ends up coming up to you, the uh, male figure that has the short hair and the golden eyes. And he says... Uh, which one of you is Arjan? 
Arjan, it is so nice to meet you, Skaldir. And he puts his hand out uh, to offer it to you as a shake. Nice to see you, Skaldir. Ah, nice to finally be acquainted. This is my sister, Carcera. Uh, she is going to be overseeing a lot of the actual documentation that's going to be going on to preside this meeting. Uh, we're very, very, very interested in contracts here in Felgethos. Now, as we were saying, uh, or as was outlined in your contract and our invite through, of course, your a uh, lovely friend here, excellent for conversation, really. Newell, uh, we we have decided to take on this job, this this contract that you you've done. Uh, Father seems to think that it would be well an incredible journey, to say the least, to attempt to build this uh, kind of uh, silver. What are we building him again? And the sister looks through. We're building him a mechanical dragon. Just, ah, yes! Mechanical dragon. Hard to forget that one. That is for sure. Now, there was a matter of the fee. Uh, you are aware of the going price of green steel, correct? It was outlined in the contract that we would build this out of green steel. I don't remember that being in the contract. Ah. You signed a contract and you didn't let me read it? And Newell leans over and says, I suggested that I could let you review the contract, but he assured me it was fine. Now, I, I didn't want him bursting in your dreams or doing exactly what he did materializing in front of both of you. Okay, that's fair. Corey throws a glance at Newell for getting close to Caleb. Newell just sort of raises his, uh, raises their small spectacles towards you, sets them back on the bridge of their draconic nose, and just sits back. Now, again, if you aren't familiar with green steel, or its current going price. That's all water. That's all, well, lava under the bridge, if we're going to be honest here. Now, again, Father is willing to waive the fee, but he would like something from the three of you. Now, I, I, I get it. I, you know, we're in the hells. I'm a surfacer, too. I was, I was mostly born and raised up there. I get that I'm there's a... I'm going to interject here. If you want something, you get it through me. You don't bring these two in it. They have nothing to do with this contract. All right. I was just trying to throw everything out on the table, explain how I understand that honesty is a very large part about what uh, you all try and hold us devils and tea folk uh, accountable for. Insight check. <laughs> Bringing up honesty. Yes, make your insight check. You leave that poor sweet person out of this. Uh, insight, insight. Uh, 22. Okay. Uh, he seems like he's being forefront and honest. I'm sus. Honest enough for a zone of truth? 
Coriander says, putting her hair up in a ponytail. I don't see why not. I Again, we have all of our terms listed out in the contract for temporary temporary employment. We understand it would be a one-and-done with the job. What is the job? Well, I was getting to that point. Uh, there's going to be a new one in the family. Uh, one of our one of our great relatives is uh, currently with child, and so, uh, well, father decided that uh, he wanted to get them a familiar of sorts. He wanted to get them something that they would be able to then, this child, hopefully, uh, like uh, some humans like to have, like get a puppy with a baby. He was hoping to also have just a small creature with one of our own. Now, I have a very, very serious question. Are you familiar with a deep crow? Am I familiar with the deep crow? You can make a nature check if you would like. Can I as well? Yes. I too will make a nature check. Natural one. You have never heard of the deep crow. 18. A four. The fuck is a deep crow? Calum, you have heard of this deep crow before. You have heard some of it anyways. This is a weird, dangerous monster. Definitely a monstrous creature that some say just exist in the Underdark. No one really knows how they got there, but some speculate that they came from even deeper than that. Uh... They have a very haunting, loud, billowing caw that they release into the night sky, and for being the large creatures that they are, are actually incredibly stealthy. Uh, they have insectoid-like mandibles on the front of their mouth. They are quadpedal, almost like a griffin of some sort, and have a cluster of red eyes more along the center of their forehead than they would more predator eyes along the sides. Are you sure this is like the correct choice for a like child to have? Are you saying that father doesn't know best? Well, deep crows are like they get pretty big, and that's why they're... we want to get one early. We now, are outside consultees, and that's his professional opinion. I'm just saying, could you start off something with like? Tiny hellhound pup or something. I, no, that's actually a little worse. Um, we aren't going to be getting them a fully-fledged deep crow. That would be preposterous. Absolutely ridiculous. No, what we're asking you simply is to uh, acquire an egg for us. Just one. If you decide to take several eggs for yourself, be my guest. I won't stop you. But father wishes for just well the one in exchange for this one egg your entire debt to this family for the construction of this dragon would be cleared and that is in our writing which my sister is currently scribing out all in common no hellish tricks father was from the surface Caleb, how fucked are we going to be? 
these things get pretty big, and they're also stealthy in the Underdark. What's the alternative? Oh, uh, the alternative is that you pay the full amount, either in gold, platinum, or soul value. Um, and what exactly is the value of a green steel adult ancient dragon construct? <laughs> what is the and what is the monetary value of a soul? <laughs> well, soul trade has its own specific. Uh, it has its own transfer rate. What you're looking at is usually around, well, 666 gold pieces per singular soul. But if it ends up being a very rare limited edition soul, uh, such as, uh, let's say that you had the soul of uh, the ancient wizard Elminster. Coriander's going to slowly raise a hand and just put it over his face. I've realized that I don't want to know the answer to this question. As you go to put your hand on his face, he just backs up and says, Don't you touch me! We have been through this with your friend here. I am not to interact in any kind of contractual basis with you. Only him. Do you deal in Electrum? No. <laughs> Nobody takes American Express. <laughs> <laughs> Only Mammon deals in Electrum. Oh, his forgotten gross. kingdoms. Scaldir spits on the ground as he kind of finishes his, finishes saying it. The uh, going price... The going price of said construct would be roughly 500,000 gold pieces. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, it's a condition. Which it's is definitely uh... so Arjan, who wants to fuck up some corvids? Hey, that's the spirit. Now, while you are traveling here, we are going to be giving you vouchers. Uh, which will make you immune to the fires of Felgethos. They're rather abundant. They don't usually like outsiders. You'll also have a personal right of safety. So should any of the devils uh, or current residents of Felgethos attempt to try and disarm you, whether weapons or cause you bodily harm, it will be as though they have suffered a personal blow to the royal family, the royal ruling family. And we will deal with them accordingly. Does this sound agreeable? One egg. One singular egg from this very large, scary bird, but... Uh, Looking at how all of you are dressed, that doesn't exactly seem like it would be too difficult. And this construct that you're building, this ancient metallic dragon, or ancient metal dragon, it's be worthy of 
pleasing to you, Matt. Uh, and that's that phrasing, but whatever, we're going with it. Uh, and uh, at that Carcera who has been writing, uh, you just hear, if you were wanting a pleasure model, that's going to cost you a little bit extra. That's not what I was asking. <laughs> and Scaldier just kind of snirks to himself, uh, and says, Father believes that it will be his finest work yet. And should this form not fit, well, there's a stone mantle guarantee. Which is, if it doesn't suit your needs, we'll make it better. Bigger, stronger than it was before. Which, since you are going to be, well, going out and fetching this egg for us, hopefully, those upgrades would be included, so long as the creature continued its existence. So long as the creature continues its existence. Yes. Yes, the, the baby deep crow. It's a very sturdy, very hearty creature. Uh, for any kind of young wizard, uh, there are definitely some resistances that it is inherent to have. So it is actually a very durable creature for a young spellcaster just starting out. Sort of resistances. Well, uh, should you try and uh, cast a spell on it of sorts that would possibly... Uh, alter its way of thinking or or try and, and bind it to the ground. Anything that would really try and provide an effect on it of some sort, it would have uh, advantages against. Uh, it seems from what we've been able to gather that uh, it stabs and bleeds just the same as any other creature. It's just very, very difficult to actually track down once it flies away. But... We have tracked it down to a cave, so we know where it is, thus willing to pay for your fee. Newell. And Newell uh, says, this would certainly save us all quite a bit of time, and if I am to understand correctly, uh, discretion is, of course, at the forefront of all of this. And Scaldia raises his hands. Of course, of course, nothing up my sleeve. See, they're even baggy. I'll pull them down to the elbow for you all. It's fine. This is a good deal. Father's offering this because he cares. Not necessarily about you, but about his grandkids, you can understand that. Wanting to be the best grandpa since Belial? No, not really. Oh. Let's run in the family then. Hmm. So, again, you can either pay the 500,000 gold pieces. Uh, we do accept increments, of course, if that is the path that you would wish to take, or you just need to recover an egg for us. Now, whether or not you kill the parent, entirely up to you. But, as long as you deliver the egg, 
everything would be fine. Contract ended, full stop, nothing extra. This cave, where is it? It is roughly about three miles outside of town. Uh, we have noticed that it is up in one of the crags, so there will be a little bit of climbing involved. Uh, we can provide you climbers kits if that helps. However, uh, it seems to have just taken a liking to a place where fire is not going to try and burn it every chance that it gets. And as far as the cave system, well, that part we did not map out. So it's here in the hells. Yes. Things are commonly found in the underdark. Are they? I've never been. This is a genuine question. However, all we know is that sometimes things from the hells ends up going up topside and then they think, oh, it is natural to this plane of existence when really it came from here. Humans are gullible. It's a fact. So, vouchers, climbing kits, your signature, well, good. Then you just need to bring the egg back here, give it to us, and then we're good. Kylan, Corey. You already know my answer. Right, Jean, if there's anything I'm very good at, it's killing things. If this is going to help you, then I'm all in. That part. Uh, do they have a quill, or am I providing my own ink? Uh, you are provided your own quill and ink to further sign this contract. Uh, and at that point, Carcera actually stands up, walks over, sets this contract down in front of you, and like Scaldir was saying, it has been written entirely in common. There are no double clauses or any kind of addendums that seem to have been added in a uh, in a kind of second language. And here in the hells, they do take their uh, they do take their contracts very seriously. And it's only Arjan who's supposed to sign it. Yes, there is only one line for a name. Okay. So he goes ahead and signs it. Okay. And as you sign it. Uh, then, uh, you watch as the ink in the lettering seems to settle, and then there is a, there's a slight burning smell as you look down, and it seems like the name has actually been singed onto the paper where the ink was left. And as you finish signing on these pages, Carcera then takes them, uh, she takes a large sack and she's wearing a satchel at her side and just sort of stuffs them in. Uh, and then from the same satchel pulls up three long strips of a, what looks to be a very pliable metal that is inscribed uh, in Infernal that as, uh, Arjun, you can read Infernal, correct? That as you read through, it is just as they outlined that this is a, a writ of passage for the three of you while traveling through the layer of the nine hells known as Felgethos. 
and should any injury befall on the holder of this travel voucher it would act as an injury to the current ruling house of Felgethus. so i guess we'll just be on our way and uh that scaldier will kind of go around climbing kids anybody yes we need those excellent uh and at that he ends up uh going like going around towards the back of where uh of where the table was where where uh had been sitting and he kind of bends down and begins rifling through something and you just hear i knew they'd need climbing kits every time somebody goes up into the mountain no i'm fine without one it'll be fine and he just pulls out uh three separate climbing kits then comes back over hands one to the each of the three of you uh, and as well lays out a map uh, that looks to be a uh, a very well-made drawing of kind of a you are here with a star pointing uh, to the city of Abermach. And then it has a family circus style pattern that seems to go from the city off into the mountain ranges. Uh, and then uh, there is a, another marking that says Deep Crow, and then there is an arrow that points to it. Simple enough. Yes, and uh, if you would like, uh, we'll be sure to, well, pick you up after everything's said and done. We just bring you back here, ride as rain, uh, and then send you on your way. Amenable? Good? Yeah. yeah. Good. Name's good. Excellent. Uh, now, with that, uh, we look forward to seeing you again. And uh, the two of them, uh, Carcera and Scaldir, just uh, go to their end of the room and you see them open up a door uh, and then exit out into the hallway and then Newell uh, motions for the three of you to then exit out of the different doorway that you had initially come in through. And then traveling out of that, you then arrive back onto the streets of Abramok. Uh, and Newell begins leading you all towards the exit. Uh, and he seems very focused more so uh, at also keeping his hood up so that way his face can remain more hidden. Uh, but he will hiss at any of the imps if they get too close and kind of bare his teeth towards any of the other devils that seem to kind of get nearish you guys. It's just a means of trying to dissuade them uh, and eventually you guys make it to the edge of town and looking before you you see what is what would almost be a desert if there weren't craters that were listed everywhere it seems like there the craters have also filled with this deep greenish fluid that Arjan you're pretty sure is acid and you see that there are just bouts of flames that seem to spurt up along the road and then just playfully hop and dance in front of each other, almost like these are very young fire elementals or some other kind of creature that exists within these flames. And as you follow the map and get a good vision 
on where you need to go. You see this tall, imposing mountain in front of you that seems to have a ring of dark clouds above it that lightning is striking down and actually uh, hitting against the mountain. And Yule says, It looks lovely this time of year. Does it? And that is where we are going to go into our break for the evening. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who's decided to stop by. Thank you to the people who are donating biddies. We got Greybeard and the Hype Goblin and Broco. Thank you for the follow. That's really cool to see. Uh, we are going to be going into our break, so we are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. Don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly leave a review. Let us know how we're doing either on this audio cast or... If you're watching this on the VOD, let us know there too. That'd be really cool. If you're interested in hanging out with the cast, we also have a Discord set up. So consider checking that out. And until then, we will see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Hey, dude, how's it going? What? Dude, is it Gwen? Like that? Wait, what? Who, who are you? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? I'm Gwen. <laughs> no, you can't be Gwen. I'm Gwen. The DM shakes what? his head. No doubles. No doubles. Go. Gwen wouldn't for sure. Um. No. She might. My name's Gwen, and I hate gnomes. I don't know. That one sounds like a pretty convincing Gwen. The Gwen that didn't rip their shirt. That's the imposter. Is all my shit indoor? <laughs> my name's Gwen, and I'm angry because all my stuff is gone. We love you, LB. <laughs> All right, so. My name's Gwen, and I love my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking burn. Got her. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys are on the outside of the city of Abramok, and you are in search of a deep crow egg. Uh, you have been directed towards the mountain that you believe to be the home of said Deep Crow, and uh, you begin the arduous trek of actually walking through the wastes. And at certain points, as you're walking, the flames kind of jump up and try and actually uh, lick out at you, but as they do, right as they're about to touch your skin they just revert off almost being deflected by some sort of invisible barrier that is around you and you hear that there are some uh that there is a a a wistful hissing as they uh as they bounce off just seems like they just seem very sad that they were not able to actually give you the scorchies uh and as you continue about your way uh, you see that there is actually a caravan of traders that are uh, coming along this road. And in the back of their cart, there is just a mound of this raw ore from what you guys are able to kind of identify as this green steel. It seems like it is actually a naturally occurring metal within this layer of the hells. And as you are continuing your walk, you actually pass by one of the uh, quarries. I was going to say rock garden, but that's a completely different thing. One of the quarries that are used for the harvesting of this material. And just kind of being around it and getting a understanding of what it is, 
you have seen variants of metals like this before on the material plane it seems like it is it seems like it is much more closely akin to something like adamantine but it has a hellish origin to it and that is maybe within your first hour and a half and then eventually uh you make your way to the base of this mountain and as you do uh Newell seems to be a little mm, pervasive about it. Uh, as you get to it, he just... This is probably a poor time to mention this, Your Grace, but I am afraid of heights. Newell does have wings, right? Yes. Uh, so he you won't be providing any support. I can prepare an escape if necessary. If you make it back to me and are unable to fetch the deep crow egg, uh, I can return everyone back to the material plane, but until that point... Mm, mm, and you just see that he has a, or they have a look of consternation when looking up at this incredibly imposing mountain. Okay, so if if the plan goes sideways up there, we'll be we'll be pretty okay to jump if I'm there. I would be able to. Ooh manage something along those lines yes oh i i can as well just in case and make oh. sure that we don't die upon impact excellent uh if you would like i can watch over any of the things that you do not feel like carrying with you up this mountain uh, consider me clothes. a base camp <laughs> yeah winter clothes <laughs> yeah that's a good idea okay so yeah you cyber Yep. Cyber was left on the material plane. Yes, she was. Okay. okay. Corey takes off her winter clothes and her bag full of rations and hands Mule a ukulele. Mule looks at it, just. Do you expect me to play this? Oh, be careful. The last time I did, I found out I was cursed. And he just, where they look at it with disdain, and then set it down gingerly on top of your things. Just, hmm. No thank you. Don't like that. Don't like that. Uh, we will begin our ascent okay. from Blykthos, which is, you know, the sequel to Descent into Avernus. Yeah! The prequel or sequel? Who's to say? Uh, and so you guys begin making your way up this mountain. Uh, make a... We're going to do a skill challenge. Because I know that Danae loves these. And I know that Cyber has used these before as well. So you guys are going to be traveling up this mountain. It is going to be taking you several hours in order to do so. How would you guys like to best use your abilities to benefit the party in actually being able to go up this mountain? Uh, 
perception check to see handholds stay ground. Okay. Make a perception check. I intimidate the mountain. Uh, 22. Okay. Yeah, so with your perception of 22, being able to spot handholds and, and other things like that really is not too difficult of a time. Uh, and as you are scaling up the side of one of these uh, brief sheared faces, you manage to get up to the top, and as you are kind of staking down another piton, uh, another piton, to allow your party to then continue their climb up. As you look, you see that there is a very large dark form that seems to be circling in the clouds above you guys. I would like to add a stealth roll to this skill challenge. Okay, make a stealth check. 25. Okay, so. Uh, describe to me how you end up helping out with your stealth check. Is this coming from, like, a blood hunter uh, standpoint of, like, this is how monsters don't see us, or are you doing some other means? Uh, it was definitely more of a let's scale this in a in a way that no one would notice us, but also if Caleb points out the thing that was circling ahead, uh, maybe it's, like, a way for me to recon, just, like, stealth up and uh check out what's going on okay we're not like picked off the mountain yes and you managed to do so it seems like this creature whatever it is floating above you has not been able to pick up on where your location is yet as you continue up this mountain so um, Corey, what would you like to do i'm gonna go with athletics to climb the mountain and also to assist anyone else who needs help with climbing a mountain. Okay, make an athletics check. 15. Okay. So, uh, that's still a success, but it was on the lower end of doing so. Uh, so, as you are helping your party members up, uh, there is a moment where Arjan, as you are climbing up, the ropes kind of wrapped around your arms to help keep you anchored. Uh, your foot actually scrapes against one of the rocks that you have been trying to climb up against. And even though you are successful in being able to scale over this, uh, this lip of the cliff face, there is a rock that actually tumbles down from where you were and you see as it falls maybe a hundred feet or so before uh with a clattering noise it hits the ground below and at that you see the creature above then soar up into the clouds and then you no longer see it oh good it's gone now is that good can i make an inside check to see if that was good you can for <laughs> sure make an inside check did arjan roll a blood eye today we haven't gone we haven't woken up ah. and we haven't had a long rest you guys had a long rest before uh after no you didn't or no you did after speaking with amorous so you would have had a long rest into the next day so i would totally be down to let you guys have the blood dive okay well this inside check was a 19 okay 
you feel like you have seen this uh, this kind of hunting pattern recognized in more avian creatures that you have fought, especially the air kokra that you encountered previously. They seem to also try and use the clouds and the surrounding area that they are more familiar with towards their advantage. And you... So... It's ready for a fight. It is... It seems it's like it like is, from what territory. you were able to gather, this seems like it was more trying to uh, get ready to investigate the noise. And if it was something that ended up causing it that it thought looked delicious, it would then assume hunting protocol. Which would be to pack us off the mountain? You're not sure. You are not entirely familiar with Deep Crow. That's right. Uh, okay, and... Is the new blood dye? Thank you, Dice Envy. It's Ooh. clear with little red swirls in it. Ooh. That's a 19 on this frame. Ooh. Ooh Fancy. Excellent. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, with your athletics, you're able to get your two friends up onto the lip of the cliff that you were just climbing up. You guys have two more skill checks that you need to pass in order to get up here. So. Uh, I, I can do investigation. Okay, how would you like to use investigation? I hadn't thought that far. Uh, so, in a similar way to like Kalen was uh, perceiving where good handholds would be, maybe like me coming back behind and just like making sure they're like tucked in. Or okay. Maybe, like as we get higher up the mountain, uh, investigating to see like where the birds have gone, if they're gonna, if they're gonna kill us, or uh, if there are any other like loose rocks or anything that I would hit. I would say that would be a survival check. But could it be an investigation? Ah, uh, yeah, we could have you try and investigate the shit out of it. Needs my blood die. Okay. It's twenty-two. Okay. Yep. So with the blood die, you are able to successfully discern. Uh, and oh shit, blood die is before I make a roll good on you what Sorry, was it before okay so yeah there are moments where as you're climbing up you feel like this will be a good handhold and just like before it seems like the rock is getting less sturdy the higher up that you climb and this is more towards the end of your initial run uh going up the first time but as you do you kind of scramble and rocks begin to fall downwards onto your companions below uh, as you had attempted to take the lead going up this side. So, Corey and Calum, you are both going to be taking eight points of bludgeoning damage. Which I reduce to five because <coughs> of my feet. Would I use medicine to basically keep us hale while we're climbing? Because altitude sickness is a thing. Ooh. Yes. 
Make a medicine check. Okay, so with your 15, uh, you manage to successfully avoid the altitude sickness as you guys are ascending. You're very close to the top now. We only need one more successful skill check in order to actually get by this challenge. Could I do a survival check to try and keep an eye on where that crow went? Yes. Or, you know, bird... Thing. Where the deep crow went. That is a flat tent. Okay. Uh, it seems to have eluded you. It seems like it is using its natural surroundings now to hide, whether amongst the smoldering clouds above or in the darkness below. You are not sure. It's that thing where she keeps on, like, turning around and around, and, like, the shadow goes in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. All right, so that is two failures. Ooh. Two failures. One more success. One more failure to lose. One more success to win. Can I make a persuasion check on the DM to let us pass? I mean, you could try. It wouldn't be successful. <laughs> hey, baby. That's a very high DC. Would. I'm a moron. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> He's so fucking stupid! I'm immediately oh. attracted to him. We've got to knights in the courtyard that. Yeah, we do. Uh, based off of what Arshon has read in his, in his uh, dream book, uh, would he think that... Uh, any like invocation of Tiamat would help them here. How do you feel like it would help? So this is Arjan thinks that this is closer to her than the material plane. So maybe she would have more sway over this domain and so could possibly like in the same way that the Lady of the Ashwood did, could, like, grant us safe passage. Okay, make a religion check. 19. Okay, just using the blood die for it on that blood one? Die. There you okay. go. Uh, so, uh, with the 19, you hear, uh, as you kind of make this prayer, grasp uh, the solely symbol of Tiamat that you have, you feel it uh you feel it warm and then there is a voice that responds back uh that just says okay but we're going to talk about this later i don't like this and uh with that you feel like there is a the three of you actually feel like there is this energy that seems to wash over you. Corey, you do not like the feeling of this energy at all. It is very much or it very much originates from the lower planes, but it seems to be a blessing of sorts. 
And so for the next eight hours, the three of you will be able to add, uh, you will basically be under the effects of a bless spell. We get to add a d4 to your attack rolls, to your saving throws and ability checks. That stack if I cast bless, or is that just supersedes? It would stack. And Calum, you also feel this kind of fiendish energy wash over you. Arjun, you feel the fiend energy wash over you, but for you, it's more of like if the fiendish energy was a very rustic cabin in the woods that you grew up in, it almost feels like very homey to have. That is some narrative dissonance right there. Because <laughs> I feel very scared. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, but yeah, you guys are able to gain the blessings of the Dragon Queen. Uh, praise be unto Tiamat. And make your way to the top of this mountain. And as you do, you see that there is a section of flat, uh, flat rock that leads into a much larger cave-like entrance. And you see that maybe not... 40 feet above you are these very thick roiling clouds that seem to be just rolling with thunder. And you see lightning strike out of them every once in a while. What would you guys like to do? Seems like the creature does not know you are here. Uh, do we see a nest or any and just eggs rolling around. You do not, but all you see is this cave entrance that looks like it leads into darkness. Are we to believe that it's in the cave? I think so. that, that's what they said. Uh, I think. They did say that it yes. tracked down to this cave. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But if this turns out to be a trap, someone is getting smited. Coriander unsheathes her blade and leads the way. Snakehead. Crossbow. Lit. Okay. So as you guys make your way into this cave, as you enter in, you see that it extends maybe about 30 40 feet and then in the back instead of being in a surround uh being in a nest made of straw or some other soft material you see that there is a cluster of about five uh eggs that are oh a little bit larger than watermelon sized that are all nesting on this uh, bed of razor vine that seems to actually have been interwoven by the deep crow's beak. Uh, and as you go over, you feel like your footsteps aren't making as much noise as they typically would going through this cave. It seems like Tiamat's blessing has allowed you to continue being uh, a little bit stealthier as you go. Can we make an arcana check? Yes, you can. Oh no, it's an <clears throat> it's to get in my knowledge of the deep crow. Do they mate for life, or is it like 
With your so, knowledge, you would have known that they are a they are a species that only mates once. And that is possibly why there are so few of them. Cool. So like the dad don't stick around. No. Um, would these be too big for, say, a mage hand? These look like they are going to be too heavy, yes. Well, to make an omelet, I guess. And can okay, just start slowly reaching towards the eggs? Okay. Uh, and Calum, as you are slowly reaching in towards uh, the egg, you hear a rustling noise from inside the nest, as well as several other rustlings. And you actually see what look to be tiny uh, crow-like heads that then pop up from inside, and they just go, God, oh and God. they begin trying to peck at you. But you see one of them, as it goes to peck, actually rears its back up. And a stinger pokes up and shoots out and tries to stab you in the arm. I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, damn. I'm going to Natural 20 on initiative. Seven. The urge to protect Caleb. Someone has to mom arm him when Gwen's not here. Caelan, would you? Oh, I, right. God damn it! He got the Raven's blessing. He got a zero wow. for his initiative because of his minus one dex. Big old deep crow egg. Balance. He's supposed to be the Caelan die. <laughs> okay. Corey, what is your dex modifier? Uh, it's one. Okay. Got it. What? Why? Something else got a twenty. Something else got a high number as well. Uh, wow we? Wow we? Are we? All right. So, uh, first off is the creature that attempted to stab out at Calum, uh, with its little crow stinger. Uh, and it is going to get a natural one. So as its stinger kind of pops up, you see that the wings that it has kind of pop out a little bit. And you see that this is a two-legged creature. Yeah, from what you are aware, the deep crow has four limbs. So this is a creature pretending to be a crow, trying to lure it, trying to sneak its way into the babies of uh, this much larger being. And these two other crows, uh, also one of them opens up its mouth and you see a stinger jut out from it, trying to get you as well. Uh, does a 21 hit. Oh, fuck yeah, it does. Okay, so I need you to make a constitution save. Oh, dang. Oh, boy. Oh, god damn it. Should never let you go onto that panel. <laughs> you get a one poisoner's oh panel, and suddenly you're a poisoner. Be fucking constitution. I'm okay. Arshon, do you have a nineteen still? No, no right? Not. No, he don't. He used it. No. 
I used that. Now my mom's mad at me. <laughs> That's an eight. Okay, so oh my God. you are going to be taking six points of piercing damage. Nice. And then you are going to be taking eight points of poison damage. Oh. And thank you, Katie, for the raid. Yay! Katie Faze. Uh, and then... Calum, as you are kind of rearing back, one of the the third of these small little crows that were inside of the nest flies up, and you see its talons uh, actually grow to look like they are small little hands, and it tries to uh, stab out at you as it's harrying you. As you made yourself very well known. But a 13, I'm assuming, does not hit. You want to hit a 15, sir. Yes. So... That is it for these creatures. Corey. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to face step next to the one that attacks Caleb. Okay. Um, I, I'm doing my spooky face step that uh, steals. Okay. Sounds good. That, that just does that. I get three temporary hit points. And it loses him. three health. And as you do, you see it kind of just... And the feeling that you get is this energy uh, saps from it into you. It's fiendish in nature. It seems like this is definitely not a regular crow. Yuck. Um, and then I'm going to attack it. <laughs> okay. Get away from him! Um... <laughs> That's a 13. Okay, 13 to hit. Yes. All right, that is just what you were needing. Woohoo! Um, all right, so that's going to be 10 slashing damage. Okay. Um, I'll drop a smite on that. Sounds good. A small one. Just a little one. Just a little smite. It's Fiend, so I get an extra D8 for this. Yes, you do. Um, that's gonna be one. Oh, I rolled low. One, two, three, four, five, five radiant damage. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as your sword uh, swings out and the moon powers that dwell within it connect in your holy smite, you see as this crow with a stinger on its back actually rears up, and you watch as this crow-like form actually peels away to a small Ooh. imp underneath holding up his hands, and then that imp is just blasted into oblivion. You little liars! All right, so, Corey, do you have any, uh, you used your bonus action, so next up is Arjan. How, is there a way that I would be able to get this egg into my bag? You would have to use your action to stow it. Okay. Uh, Calum, are you looking particularly bad? Yes, no. You You're muted, sire. I'm a professional. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, how are you feeling? I'm great. I haven't been hurt at all. All right, Calum, you're getting uh, a heal anyway. That's healing word. Thanks. I like it. You get three points of healing, but you can make an attack. Oh, hey. 
as I use uh, what's it called? The thing. The best like, cleric spell. The best cleric thing. Voice of authority. Uh, 15 hit? Yeah, 15 hits. Sorry, I zoned out for a little bit. Because I, I couldn't remember if Tarlane's voice came out during the voice of authority. Okay. <laughs> for four piercing damage, and please roll me a constitution save. Okay. How much? He's he failed. Cool. And then you... Not 31, Jesus Christ. Uh, 10 points of poison damage. Okay. Uh, so, as... So, how much was the bite? Four? Did I say four? Or I want to say four. Okay. No. I think you said four. Yeah, four. So, as the bite sinks in and you watch as this poison seeps in, you watch as this crow that is currently harrying you is the one where the talons turn to small grabby hands that were trying to get at you. Uh, it seems that as the poison gets in, that this crow, the corners of its mouth crook up into a smile. And it just looks at you. Kah, kah! Fuck. <laughs> and I'm gonna take the egg. Okay. With my action. Whoop. Yeah, so no problem being able to put this egg into your bag. Uh, so, Caleb, it is your turn. Casting my version of Magic Missile. Here we go. At... Yeah, fuck your shit. Um, fourth level, so that is... Sorry. 64... Thirteen points. Oh, I'm gonna split it. I'm gonna do math. Uh, five points on the one I hit. Okay. Is it down? It still is holding up. Fuck it. It takes thirteen straight. Okay. Yeah, it's super dead now. Good. Yeah, and you watch as these uh these magic missile bolts pelt into it. That its form seems to peel away like old paper revealing this imp underneath that then shrivels and falls to the ground and then you just see its form steadily begin turning into a pool of black ichor and it just turns into a pool on the ground am i grabbing an egg or are we good got one and uh did you have any bonus action or anything else like that that you would like to do uh no i'm good done Okay, so Arjan, as you say, no, I think we're good. Uh, we have one, we're good. You hear, as this large thudding sound happens at the entrance of the cave that you were in, and a bolt of lightning streaks out into the cave mouth, and you see silhouetted is this large creature, two wings held up, head cocked back with these four mandibles all extending out from where you think its mouth should be. And you see one of its claws then rears up, pats down onto the ground, and it is going to shoot towards the lot of you. And it is actually going to be diving directly towards uh, 
towards you, Arjan, uh, as you have kind of placed yourself in between Calum and Cory, and it gets up close to you, and it is then going to make a attack with its mandibles. So, yes, that is going to be a 24 to hit. Oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then that is... For 12 points of piercing damage, and you are considered grappled. Ah, no, please don't do that. Yeah, please don't. Please don't do that. I'd like to use a reaction. Okay. Uh, I need dex save as I cast Hellish Rebuke. Natural 20. Fuck. Better on the save than on the attack. Uh, 11 plus 2, 13, so it takes 6 points of fire damage. Okay. Sounds good. It is then going to rear up with one of its claws and try and strike out against you, Corey. Uh, does a... I'm guessing a 15 does not hit. It does not. Alright, it is going to use its second claw attack on you as well. Alrighty. Also a 15. All right. So that is it for its turn. Next up is the one remaining imp crow uh, that begins cawing out like a young fledgling to try and uh, earn the affections of the deep crow. And it is going to try and stab out towards you again, Caleb. Uh, And that is a 19 to hit. That definitely hits. So I need you to make a constitution save. Seven. Okay, so you are going to be taking eight poison damage again, as well as six points of piercing. <laughs> but, Corey, it is your turn, as you see this large, imposing figure now mounted up in front of you. Great. Currently um, grappling Arjan in its weird mandible beak. Um, okay. Thinking quickly here, um, she's going to employ some fey trickery, um, and she's going to say, "Look, I'm attacking your children!" And I'm going to take out the imp, hopefully. Um, <laughs> a fifteen? Okay. Oh, no, a thirteen. Sorry. Uh, a thirteen does not actually hit the imp. As you go to slash against it, it kind of just maneuvers itself out of the way. Second attack. Ooh. 25. 25 totally hits. Roll for damage. All right. Um, eight slashing damage. And then a smite with 13, 15 radiant damage. Okay. That destroys this creature in front of the deep crow's eyes. And as the sword connects... <laughs> Arjan, you are looking, you are very close to this creature's face, and you just see the silvery moonlight reflect over a countless number of these red eyes that it has in the center of its head. And then you hear it, you feel its mandibles tighten their grip on you, and you feel there is a little bit of saliva now that is actually coming out of its mouth as this creature seems to be getting very heated over what you have done to its BBs. Also, compelled duel. <laughs> okay. So it needs to make a save. Yes, please. 
Oh, it's a wisdom saving throw. Okay. So, uh, that is a 22. Can it go at disadvantage because I'm attacking its children? It has magical resistance innately. Damn it. Yep. Sorry about <laughs> that. It's fine. That's okay. Uh, so yes, you've made yourself a very large target. Arjan, what would you like to do? You are currently in the mouth of said deep crow. Uh, I'm in the mouth? Yes, it has grappled you in its mandibles. So if I were to, say, make a melee attack, would that be straight at advantage? That would be straight. Okay. Being uh. grappled just means you can't move. Cool. I'm a... I'm gonna do something weird. We're blessed, right? Yes, you are. Oh, damn. Uh, what does a... God, wait. 26 get me. If I attack it with Inflict Wounds. That'll hit it. That is for sure. At least I would hope that would hit it. Not many things have an AC of 26. Uh... Matt herself has an AC of 25. Uh, that is gonna be... That's gonna be 20 points of damage. Mm. Okay. It does not like that at all. As you just sink your claw into one of these large mandibles. And you hear this chittering just... As you can feel its very thin avian tongue just flickering in its mouth does not seem to like anything that has been going on. Next up, Galem. About that time. Overcharge okay. Guiding Bolt. Okay. Hit. Yep, a 22 will certainly hit. Roll for damage. 39 points of lightning damage. Ooh, that's 39! Okay. And I got a 2. Okay, let us see what that gets us on the table. Kayla, what the hells? What? You're getting attacked! It's now or never! It's now or never! If I save this potion up until the last boss, <laughs> and I ain't gonna live forever, I'm just gonna live while I'm alive. Oh boy, you said a two? Yes! Roll on this table at the start of each of your turns for the next minute. So for the next 10 rounds, we get to roll a brand new thing every time. I'm sure this will be fine. This is going to be fine. So, Calum, you have taken uh, this guiding vault against it. It is currently glowing, and it is very upset. Uh, Corey, uh, it is going to be striking out with its claws against you in an attempt to make you pay for killing its babbies. Uh, 18. you of a grown turkey? 18. No. Okay. 
That is less than the first. Uh, and then it is going to continue squeezing down with its mandibles on you, Arjan. Uh, for a 23 to hit. Yep. Okay. And then How that... How this thing looking? It's looking pretty fucked up after the hits that you guys have dealt onto it. It still looks sturdy, but it has definitely taken quite a bit of damage. Uh, you are going to be taking a total of 20 points of piercing damage. Okay. Okay. And Bokai. then it is going to... Yeah, it just continues to keep you in its mouth. Uh, and then it is your turn, Coriander. Did I hear correctly that we're blessed? Yes. We're blessed and you have advantage. You are blessed by Tiamat. So if you want to and use those advantage? abilities. Oh, because Guiding Bolt. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast divine favor on myself. Okay. For those for for reasons, um, and then I'm going to run up to the crow, in such a position mm. that I am within ten feet of both of my allies, and I am going to attack the crow. All righty, Blink Dog. Thank you for the two subs. That's awesome. That's a natural 20. Oh boy. Oh boy. And so. <laughs> and thus, the paladin. Last words. Um, I have a question. Yes. Is the crow a fiend? It is not. Okay. This changes one or two things. This changes nothing! Um, so here comes slashing damage. Okay. You ready? That's going to be one, two, three, nine slashing damage. I rolled pretty low there. Um, and I'm doing a second level smite. Um, double dice for that is going to be six total dice. So here it comes. Uh huh. Eight, twelve. 17, 25, 29 radiant damage. Ooh. And here comes the bless, or not the bless, the divine favor. So an additional five radiant damage. Okay. Is it still alive? It is, it is looking very injured. Here, here comes my second attack. Oh boy. <laughs> I, didn't we talk about this? Yes, we <laughs> Yes, we did. Um, and this is still blessed? Yeah. My, but the guiding bolt advantage yes, is gone now. Yes, that is correct. Okay. So that's going to be an 18 to hit? An 18 just hits. Oh, okay. Well, second verse, same as the first. Ah, come back your d8s. Um, so that's going to be 10 slashing damage. Okay. And God. 5, 10, 15, 
19, 23, 30, 35 radiant damage. What does it look like when you destroy this deep crow? You abs you absolute madwoman. It had uh, 80 health at the start of this turn. Coriander comes running at it, um, and like just leaps at it with her sword and plunges it into its chest. Uh, like there's a, a pulse of light uh, as Moonfire just kind of creates um, fissures along its black feathers. Um, she pulls the sword out and then in one big sweep um, with another uh, flash of Moonfire, she lops its head off. Okay. And as you lop its head off, Arjan, you just collapse down onto the ground uh, as this creature had had you in its mouth, but seeing as how its head is no longer attached to the body that was holding it up, this very imposing form just drops down onto the ground. Luckily, you're able to maneuver yourself in such a way that you keep this eggy from breaking. Uh, right. And now uh, you guys are what feels like alone in this place now. Oh, that sounds great. So, Calum, let's start things up. I pre-rolled so we can get this done. Excellent. Oh, oh damn. So, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I forgot about all that. Oh, uh, God. So, what is the first one? 92. 92, which is, if you die within the next minute, you immediately come back to life as if by the reincarnate spell. Uh, 71. 71. You gain resistance to all damage for the next minute. <laughs> so we're at two. 45? 45 is you cast Levitate on yourself. Uh, 48. 48 is... Hey, guess who's back? It's your favorite friend, Shamrock Shimmer. As a unicorn, controlled by the DM, appears in a space within five feet of you and then disappears one minute later. How does he feel about being in the hells? So, so Coriander is like, oh my gods, I just killed a mother. How many eggs are there? We should take them all with us. And then, like, Calum starts slowly oh, so. floating up into the air behind her. A unicorn appears. During this entire thing, he's doing the um, Wraith Shadow thing from the Raven Queen. There's just multiple forms of him. Uh, where did I leave off? What number? That was 47? 48. 48. 48. That was number four? Okay. Uh, 38 is next. Okay, so 38. <laughs> 1d6 flumps, controlled by the DM, appear in an unoccupied space within 30 feet of you and are frightened of you. Oh my god, Calum, what so, is going on? As Calum is, like, floating up, this energy is just crackling off of him from the Guiding Volt's electricity from the round prior. You watch as he begins to levitate. There's, like, a weird sheen that comes over him that seems very strange at this point, considering, well, he already had another magical sheen over him. You hear a... You he smell sweet spring grass for just a brief second... And Cory popping next to you is just this very tall, uh, beautiful-looking unicorn that sort of seems to shake its mane back and forth and just, Where in the nine hells are we? 
The nine hells! No! And it, as it shakes its head, no! You hear... As six flumps just appear at the edge of this cave leading out, and they all just look very startled and begin flying out into the hells. And he watches a lightning bolt actually shoots down and strikes their group, and they all just disappear. So we are on number four, number five. Number five. Only five? Yeah, so can we resolve this after all of this is done? Because it's a 99, and I know what happens then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up is 30. Okay, so 30. You teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space of your choice that you can see. I'm going to teleport away from the group. Smart as idea. Far as I can. Away from the group and away from the eggs. Okay. <laughs> Coriander's just going to, like, grab onto Arjan, just like, What is happening? All right, so, uh... We do, like, panic. Yeah, panic. The unicorn, this is far from normal! As it just is also kind of, like, with its head tilted back a little bit. All three of them just huddled together in fear. Okay, so that was number six or seven? Uh, that was... One, two, three, four, five, six... I have three more. Okay. Eight. Okay, so, an eight. Uh... This is another one that we will discuss later, because it was going to be the fireball exploding on you, but we had established previously with this spell chart that neither of us liked that, so that'll be That's a different one. Okay, 85. Okay, so 85. You cast Mirror Image. Oh, yeah, so I'm definitely doing the Raven Queen thing now. <laughs> no and fear. Caleb overcharges spell. Nervous. <laughs> Calum laughter in in stereo. Oh, it is Grand echoing finale. through this cave. Grand finale, thirteen. Okay. You cast confusion centered on yourself. <laughs> so, Great. is he still within ten feet of me? Make a no, wisdom save and try and beat your uh, try and beat your current wisdom. Wisdom. Natural twenty. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> um, so, baby. Yes. 99, again, for the 99. Yes. So, uh, roll the d6. Great. Two. Okay. Sounds good. Do you want me to describe what the flaw is? Sure. I don't believe I can make a difference to anyone or anything. You have developed apathy. Great. <sighs> now roll a d100 for the other one. I only got 199 though. There was the 99 and then there was the fireball. Um, another d6 or another d100? This is a d100. Wait. One's gone for an orgy, and then, uh, 24? Okay. So. It is with a 24. Let's see here. 
Is Arjan strong enough to hold Coriander, like Scooby-Doo style? Uh, with a strength of 13, you be the judge. Alright. <laughs> Can Coriander hold Arjan Scooby-Doo style? Oh, if you want, I would totally be down to let the unicorn be holding you Scooby-Doo style. I'm on board for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Somebody's gotta be Scooby-Doo in this situation. Okay, and then... Boo, boo, boo. Uh, while you are looking up things, I do want to point out that it looks like we are dropping frames. Mm. Alright. Very badly, it would appear. So let me close out of this window, and then hopefully that makes things smoothed out a little bit. So, where is it? Uh, you said you got a 24? Yeah. Foolhardy bravery as a new flaw. So I don't believe I can make a difference in the world, but I'm brave to the point of, like... Of foolhardiness. There's no point. But Might I as well. <laughs> oh, God. So, yes... As this magical surge continues on, you see him levitate up. Calum begins to shift into different versions of himself, it would almost seem, as the mirror image spell takes hold. You see that these creatures are just being summoned left and right with these flumps and the unicorn. And after the cacophony of spell effects ends, the unicorn just says, Fuck this shit, I'm out! And you watch as they cast a teleport spell and just race off they seem to want absolutely nothing to do with the situation that has beef has unfolded itself leaving the three of you uh surprisingly whole in this deep crow's lair with an egg in the bag looking over what would appear to be four other eggs do we want to take them all or just deliver the one. Doesn't matter. Are we just going to ignore what just happened? Caleb. What the hell just happened? Don't know. Stuff. I'd like you all to make perception checks as you stand here trying to address this. Oh, what? Ah, natural 20. Natural 20. 19. <laughs> <laughs> so the two natural 20s and the 19. As you are all standing here trying to figure out what to do next, you hear off in the distance a much deeper, much louder resonant... <laughs> as it seems like the deep crow's mate might be coming home we'll address this later we need to get out now Caleb I thought you said that they didn't mate for life yes they do okay and as you guys begin making your way out of here uh 
you reach the edge of the mountain and off in the distance, because again, two natural 20s and a 19, you can see that there is a quickly approaching large black dot. Uh, Calum waits for a second for Arjan and Corey and just like pushes them and then jumps after them. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's pretty funny. So yeah, the three of you yeah. are plummeting now. Uh, heading towards the base of the mountain. It's, the ground is very quickly approaching. That's nice. <laughs> I'm gonna grab each uh, Arjan and Caleb. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cliff, not not a like slope. Where you were able to jump off as well as casting Featherfall, you can kind of angle yourself so that way you're just gliding along the sides. It's like watching those people in the squirrel suits uh, risking their lives to just look really badass flying down mountains. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that situation going on right now. Okay. And after about 10 minutes or so, you finally make it to the bottom. It was a rather long fall. But you arrive safely, and as you look up, you see that there is just this dark figure that then flies towards where the opening to the cave was. And after a few moments, you hear, again, this much louder, deeper caw that seems to emanate from the top of this mountain. And as it does, the lightning strikes and crackles. And Newell looks at the three of you and says, I'm guessing you were successful, like your grace. Uh, yes, we need to get out right now. I agree. And uh, with that, the four of you begin running away very quickly from this place. Uh, and it does not appear as if this figure that was up uh, in the mountain is actually going to risk trying to come out after you. It seems to be lamenting the loss of its lover. And eventually... Uh, after several, it's going to take you guys about, uh, two hours to get back from where you were back to, uh, Abermach. So is there any conversations that you would like to have in the meantime? Uh, or are you just waiting until you are back on the material plane to have these kinds of things? Yeah, that, this is a material plane kind of, kind of deal. Okay. That's what I feel like. Sounds good. Uh, so you make your way back to Abermach, and as you are walking through the city again, a lot of the devils here give you a very wide berth, until eventually you come back to the meeting place where you had met uh, Skaldir and Carcera previously. And very similarly, Newell will knock on the door, go in to ready the chamber uh, for the uh, for the gathering leaving the three of you outside uh, if you have anything that you would like to talk to in the moments before entering into this chamber. As you all just sit very quietly, eyes wide, realizing that you just stole a baby, uh, the door opens back up again and Newell motions uh, for the three of you to then come inside. And as you do, you see that Carcera and Scaldir are both set up again. The room is laid out in the exact same situation. And Scaldir then stands to come over and says, Arjan, it feels like it's been forever. 
were you successful in your endeavors? Here's your fucking egg. So you got it! That's incredible! Wow! Father was right about all of you. Very talented adventurers indeed. Thank you so much. You guys end up uh, taking any more? No. We have the one. Suit yourselves. Uh, and he ends up uh, bringing it over and he sets it, uh, sets the egg in the alcove next to the skull uh, that is currently resting there as well. Uh, and he says, well... Your end of our deal is complete, so uh, all witnesses here are able to vouch that, again, this is completed, and don't even worry about the building fee for, of course, your new mechanical vessel. Now, while you're here, is there anything that you would like to address to us? Anything else that you would possibly need? We are still under the confines of our honesty clause so we will try and do our best to help you in the best way that you have helped us i just want this transaction finished suit yourself i don't know about you sister but i've had an absolutely wonderful time and he uh, Carcera then comes back over, sets down uh, the papers that you guys had signed previously, and flips to the back, and you can see that there is a completion of contract. Uh, and she fills in her name, listed below, uh, and then uh, offers you a quill to sign uh, your name as well. Yeah. I'll sign it. And as you finish signing it, uh, Carcera just kind of nods, ends up putting the stack of papers. Oh, thank you, Lady Tiefling, for the follow! Uh, as she puts the stack of papers into her bag, uh, the two of them say, Well, as, uh, as we agreed, we will be sending you home shortly. Uh, thank you so much. For, for going out and doing this. I know Father would re is, is very, very appreciative of everything that's been going on here today. So, so thank you. And the three of you here, it's going to be my best work yet, seems to emanate in the room. He's very pleased. Great. Four keeps adventuring company. Remember it. And uh, that you hear that kind of disembodied voice say, I'll never forget. Always in my mind you'll be. Uh, and with that, Skaldir just rubs his hands together. And he says, all right. Everybody join hands. I know that some people don't really want to touch tiefling hands, something about, well, racial discrimination and all that, but I assure you they're clean of blood. Galen just takes his hand. Excellent. I thought I, I, thought I wasn't allowed to touch you. This is a mutual thing. What you were doing, that was a little pushy. Did not like it. She's just going to put out her hand. He grabs your hand as well, and you just hear, ooh, soft. Uh, and the Newell will grab on to your hand, Calum, uh, and reach out to grab on to your hand as well, Arjan. 
Uh, and the lot of you end up making this circle. And you see that Carcera will close her eyes and she'll begin going through a set of incantations uh, for this plane shift spell. And Scaldir also is helping along, kind of helping fuel the magical essence of the room. And as the spell reaches completion, and you guys feel the planar effects taking hold of you. You see that the skull in the alcove actually levitates up and then into the room itself, and a black cloak seems to actually extend down over a illusory body as the skeletal hand waves at, uh, waves at all of you and just says, I'll never forget. <laughs> Uh, and then you are all taken into this darkness once more, and your vision goes black. And then as you find your footing again, you feel cool air, a nice tree breeze kind of billowing by. You see that your cart is exactly where you left it. Cybra has just sort of been... Uh, she seems to be stress digging, not really knowing uh, what else to do. So there are a lot of holes that have kind of just been dug up in the surrounding area. But all of your things are exactly the way that they left. And uh, you see Newell ends up going over to the mechanical green steel bird, picks it up, uh, pops its head twice, and you hear a calibrating. And he just, oh, enough of that. And sets it into a satchel. Well... Thank you, Your Grace. Now everything is, well, as it should be. If you would like, I can still look out for my leash. Yeah. No, I... I have a question. I hope to have an answer, my leash. Vice. Ah. Uh whenever we were down there I uh, I invoked the queen and how did it feel your grace I mean it felt alright but she talked and you see Newell's eyes get very wide and his jaw kind of drops a little bit and then just, uh, she spoke to you which one which one which which one of the heads do you know which one spoke to you no she said okay but we're gonna talk about this later and I feel like I'm in trouble <sighs> oh my liege if only, if only I could be there to witness. This is something typically reserved for VIPs. She does not make house calls often. If, if, if she is to... Oh, I'm sorry. If she is to speak with you. A thousand blessings upon you, my liege. You know, I... I feel like she's mad at me. 
Almost certainly. How often have you tried reaching out to her? Twice. How far apart? today she's very busy a lot of the public relations ends up going through the blue head uh, and she does not like seeing repeat numbers to say the least if you're getting a talk it it very well might be well the blue head if it seemed more friendly, it it could be Our Lady in Black. No. If it was Snide, perhaps the Lady in Green. Look, I, I got a voice. I didn't get a color. You will learn to distinguish them soon enough, my leash. Should she continue to keep you on her... VIP list. Okay. Uh, I, I guess thanks for getting this wrapped up. Oh, of course, my liege. May we find Lord Tarlane soon and put him back in his rightful place at our Queen's side. And of course, as always, I am allowed no official opinion on the matter, but he will be welcomed with open arms. Right. Uh, bye. As you were, my liege, I will see myself off. Calum. Uh, it was nice being able to meet you, Coriander. As you were. And then Newell just sort of turns and begins uh, walking away. Leaving the three of you and Cybra in front of your cart. to explain I just can't find the right words Corey's gonna kind of squint and get a little closer to Calum and just kind of look him in the eyes if I didn't know any better I'd think you were going winter 
thank you. Thank both both of you for helping me resolve that. You didn't have to. Well, that's what friendship is. Caleb's gonna crawl into the cart. How late is it? Like, do we feel like time has passed? You feel like only about an hour has passed since you guys left. It seems like there was a bit of time dilation that occurred between the hells and the material plane. Gwen is going to be mad at us. Well, Caleb's different now. Kylan's making his own choices just like the rest of us are. And Gwen, me and I, we're all having to deal with the consequences of those, of those choices. Do you do you really think Tarlayan is gone? Corey, he's not with me. Okay, good. Um, and she's gonna hug Arjan. What's going on? I just... I don't feel like I can... I can't really... I always feel like he's listening. And even though it might be a bad thing that he's gone and we don't know exactly where he is, I just... I feel bad, but I appreciate the opportunity to regard you as a friend without him here. I get it. I get it. you've gone through a lot in the last two days? Every two days? <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened, huh? We all have. How are you feeling? Not great. Me neither. As the two We're going to be okay. But do you mind if I just cry for a bit? That's fine. Okay. 
and she'll just bury her face in his, uh, bury her face in his chest and cry for a little bit. Yep, we'll just we'll just sit down on the ground. I'll take first watch while Corey cries. Okay, so while Corey is crying, Calum has huddled up into the back of the cart, and Arjan takes his first watch. That is where we are going to go into the end of the episode. So I would like to say. Thank you to these wonderful players for putting up my bullshit every week. This was an adventure for sure that'll probably have no long-lasting consequences. It's How long was I gone? Twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kinda. Uh, so, with that, I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by. Thank you to BlinkDog again for the two subs that got presented in chat. This has been awesome. I love doing this show. RJ, where can we find you? What do you do? Everybody, I'm RJ. You can catch me here at Indoor Adventures. Also on RJustice282 on Twitter and Twitch, where I tweet about the nerdy things in my life. Monday nights, Calum. Tuesday nights, Bartholomew. Chris Estrade. Wednesday nights, I'll be over at Dan and Barry for this one time, because we're playing some Zweihander. And on Sundays, over at Pro Restarters Channel, you can catch myself and LB Hackamup, who is not here at the moment. 8 p.m. EST, where we play on the Cypher system. Excellent. And Cyber, where can we find you? What do you do? Hi! I'm Cyber. You can find me at CyberWolf1201 on Twitter, where I shitpost. And uh, also sometimes talk about whenever I go live on twitch.tv slash CyberWolf1201. Uh, I play video games real badly. And talk about lore this uh this past week we started a new series with uh halo halo combat evolved and uh raised 80 bucks or 79 bucks for the uh victims of the el paso shooting which is freaking awesome uh this saturday i might continue that i might do something else because it's my birthday birthday stream so yeah well we will figure that out but it's going to be a good time. Archives of that go to YouTube, which has a very bad URL. But uh, you can find all that, and you can find a podcast that Kyle with an N I do called Let's Talk About It, where we get drunk, do parkour, and talk about the RPG stuff that we've been doing. We're going to record another one for for our post-Gen Con episode soon-ish. Kyle with an N is uh, doing stuff right now, like... Uh, making big life altering stuff happen so yeah it's it's good time we miss her dearly but she we'll we'll get together soon yeah. but for rpg stuff you can find me here on monday which you found and you can also find me here on thursdays where we play ghost of Saltmarsh, and i play uh Kalasher bard yeah yeah with no trauma whatsoever minimal minimal trauma and Danae where can we find you what do you do my name's Wings you can find me at DanaeKeener.com I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D and stuff on this channel you can also find me here on Mondays playing Coriander the Eldred Paladin or on Tuesdays playing uh, running Curse of Strahd um, except for tomorrow because we're not going to have Curse of Strahd tomorrow Greybeard is going to run us through another one of our urban noir 
our urban fantasy noir uh, boys. The, uh, we call it the, uh, the Looming Shadows. Um, and we're going to do some of that, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You get to see Rue Haka doing her thing. Um, and uh, that's, I, I think that's all I have to say. DanaeKeener.com? <laughs> and if you have made it this far, you probably already know who I am, but if you don't, Hey, fella, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indoor adventures, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as Saturdays when I can at 11 a.m. Those are our community days, so if you liked what you saw here, consider joining our Discord, and then you can be on the first list of people to sign up for Community Game Day. I picked up a lot of really cool tabletop RPGs for, uh, from Gen Con, so I would like to be able to play them, uh, but in order to play them, I need players. So, consider joining our Discord and signing up there. Uh, if you were not watching this live, you can find the link to that Discord below in the, either the description of this Twitch VOD, the YouTube VOD, or any of the places where you could possibly catch up on audio casts. Also, other ways to join the Discord is that you could join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash indooradventures, where we have our after show called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from each other, but also from the community. So if you had any questions, not only for me, but also for these lovely players, consider checking that out. You can also pose those questions to us in our Discord. Uh, with that, we are going to be headed into said after show, so I would like to once again say thank you so much to these players for putting on an absolutely wonderful performance again this week. Thank you to this audience for being as awesome as they are always coming out on a Monday. And LB, we miss you dearly, and I'm sorry for what I did to Caleb. He did it to himself. And we will see you guys next time. All right, everybody. Bye-bye!